RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Mission Log Supplemental, number 48, the one with Gersha Phillips. Welcome into this supplemental edition of Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. I'm Ken Ray. And I'm John Champion. And yes, it's another supplemental, the show where we don't analyze an episode of Star Trek, picking it apart for morals, meanings, and messages. This week, a special interview with a very cool person. We indeed have Gersha Phillips, who is the costume designer on Star Trek Discovery. It's really interesting, right? Because... You think about things like, you know, Blade Runner has a look or, you know, Enterprise has a look or Discovery has a look like it just grew there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it did if you go with the replicator thing. Well, yeah, it's true. And uh, certainly in Avatar, it just grew there. That's mm-hmm. that's the way that went, but uh, yeah, no, we uh, we got to talk to uh, we got to talk to uh, somebody. First of all, the breadth of stuff that she does is kind of interesting. I didn't know about some of the other projects that she worked on. We'll talk about that, and also I would think, hey, costume designer, that's great. I'm spending all day in you know like a robe at my house. Oh no, no, not today's <laughs> guest. She's uh, she's hither, tither, and rumor has it she's also yawn. Yeah, that that she is. So uh, let's all hear from Gersha Phillips, and we'll be back right at the end of the show. So probably this is the question you get. Well, probably the question you get most often is, how do you spell Gersha? But I'm guessing the second question you get most often is, how did you get started? Um, yes, that's a big one, actually. Um, I got started. Um, it's kind of a, an interesting story. I went to see a movie called Beaches, and at the movie the title card costume designer came up and I decided at that point, as Oprah says, it's one of those light bulb moments. That was the thing it said, costume designer just spoke to me and it was like, that's what I wanted to do. And actually now I look back and I'm like, well, did I know that costume designer was a thing or not or profession? I'm not sure. I don't really remember. But for some reason in that moment, at that movie, at that time, that was what it was. And it was just like, wow, that's what I want to do. And so from then on, I went on to, figure out how to become a costume designer. I asked many people. I worked at a, um, a store that I used to work for called Jim Pope. It was like a, de- um, a private design label. And I did patterns and so on for them. But we had a lot of um, women coming in and stylists coming in. And uh, so I started asking people there at first. Nobody could really help me. And I just remember Jim telling me, you're never going to get in. It's really hard. <laughs> but I... Um, From then, I went on and started working for a floral company, and we used to do weddings and do, um, I used to do, like, hoopas, design hoopas, like drape fabric and drape aisle decor and head tables, et cetera. And when I was at a particular wedding, I met this gentleman that was a boom operator, and I asked him, and I said, well, how did you get in the film? What can I do? How do I get in? And he told me to um, join the Norman, or go to the Norman Jewison Center, which is, you know, a a special place in Toronto that... Um, develops um, up-and-coming um, filmmakers, etc. And they usually put on, like, um, they usually um, promote, or I don't know what the right word is, not promote, support um, a couple feature films and some short films by up-and-coming directors and producers, etc. So I called in and they, they had a movie that was um, 
mountain called um, House, and I volunteered on that movie. Um, the designer was really gracious and took me into her crew, and um, that was the start of my career, and that was in 19, I believe, 95, 94, 95. I always forget the exact year. But I um, started doing, you know, knowing nothing, basically, about film, even though I guess I did because I'd done a little bit of theater and, and, and some things beforehand, but and also because of my background in fashion definitely helped. Um, but I uh, started um, as a set assistant or a, a costume assistant and then moved up to doing the set because the set person had to leave. And from there I met some people that, um, that I got to interview for another show and I ended up doing a short film, which I designed myself. So right away I designed, I think it was two short films and then I ended up joining the union, the NABET union. And then, you know, as they say, the rest is issue, history. That's where it went. And that's how, it, you know, just kept going. So I always sort of designed and did short, like small budget things on the side of my union work because, you know, it's, you have to build up a, a resume to become a designer in the union. So. Well, so let me ask what would probably be the second most asked question, <laughs> which is what, what is your Trek background and how did that come about, the, uh, the, uh, actually working on Star Trek? The Trek, you know, as a, as a, a young um, child not a young child but a teen preteen i think it was i started watching um you know as, a, as i think it was a sunday thing that we used to watch uh, star trek the original series with my parents and um when i got called i actually didn't get called as a, as to be the costume designer i got to go to help uh Sidoret Willard bring it to camera because she was at that time working for brian on american gods and they needed somebody to help facilitate getting uh, star trek going as well at the same time because they were sort of happening simultaneously so i was brought in to help Sudarat, and it was really interesting because when i first got the call from kevin or the text as it might have been i said you know i'm not sure if i'm that interested because i you know i'm a designer and i prefer to design things myself and at that time i was i was actually um doing research for Ruth Carter on Black Panther. And I was in Italy and hanging out in Italy, just really having, I just finished a, um, a mini series in Romania. So I went to Italy to hang out and Ruth called me to do some research for her. So I was doing that at the time and not really, I, you know, I was interested in getting back to work, but it wasn't like a priority for me. And I don't know, Kevin somehow talked me into this <laughs> position because <laughs> he sort of, he mentioned that there would be some design work and I thought that'd be cool. And also when I mentioned it to my brothers, they were like, nuts about it they were like you have to do this Krisha I have two brothers that are huge Klingon um not just Klingon fans but also Star Trek fans and and have followed it through all the different iterations and they were both like you have to do this show you have to do this show so from that slight pressure and then just you know from Kevin's also I decided okay I'll try it out I'll do it so I had to come I came I left Italy um pretty much finished working for Ruth at around that time and went back to Toronto and and started setting up the shop, hired a crew, and, you know, got it together. And then afterwards, um, after Brian left, Sudorette left with him, and they asked me if I was interested in taking on the show. I wasn't sure at first. It took me a little bit of a minute to say yes, but I did, in the end, take it over. And um, I'm really happy to say that, uh, 
you know, what's transpired has transpired, and I'm glad that I'm here. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask. Long answer there. No, that's no good. It's, it's great. Yeah. I actually want to ask about uh, your your discovery work specifically. But before we do that, you're mentioning so many different places that you've been, all as part of costume design. I'm going to completely display my ignorance. I would have figured being a costume designer was a lot of I'm surrounded by the drawings that I do. I'm in my studio. I am where I work and sending my stuff out. You're in Italy, you're in Toronto, you're in, you know, different places. Are you going to other designers? Are you going to other fashion houses? Are you going to environments? What's, what's all the travel about? Star Trek specifically or just in general? No, I'm talking about in general. I I, I saw Black Panther. I don't remember anything happening in Italy. (laughs) No, I was satellite. I was doing it on satellite. You know, right. because I was researching. So researching, you can pretty much do anywhere as long as you have a computer. I did. I was lucky that I was, it wasn't that I was in Italy that I got, I got to do, I went to London after I left Italy and I went to Somerset House. And I remember going and taking a lot of pictures of armor for Ruth because she was interested in armor and things like that. So that was just lucky that I happened to be there and I could do those things for her. You know, and then, and the other, the, the other, the flip side of is you know everything's available online and if you can find it you know what I mean it does take a little bit of hunting and finding which is predominantly what I was doing you know I was researching tribes and Afrofuturism and all these different kinds of things which you can sort of do anywhere and as you know I've um, worked with Ruth a couple times in the past so she knew me and you know she just reached out and said you know could she asked me if I I think specifically she asked me something very specific and I sent her some images that I had and then that led to you know, could you do this research for me? So it was kind of like a, it wasn't just come out and ask me to do research. It was a, an evolving situation. I, I know people are, I mean, because we do a Star Trek podcast, obviously in a Star Trek show, I know people have to be wondering about the work that you have done on discovery. I'm curious your work there. And again, forgive my ignorance, just Starfleet, Starfleet and the Klingons, everything, everybody wears, what is sort of your, what, yeah, what of you are we seeing on screen? Yeah, at this point, yes, everything I wore, everything they, everything everybody wears is, is under my sort of hat. And I do have crew that I work with, you know, and I have, um, you know, somebody that's in charge of, of Starfleet, somebody that works with Klingon, somebody that works with everything else. But we, so I have three assistants sort of like dividing the work up so that we can manage it, you know, in terms of getting, producing our costumes and getting it all done. I, I sometimes work with up to three illustrators that we've done in the past just to help with that, facilitate that as well. I can't, my, my illustrations abilities are very limited. I would, it would take me like probably, I don't know, a year to do the illustrations that Christian does in, in a couple of days. He's brilliant and is, and is quite good at what he does. And for the caliber of illustrations that we need um, to show, you know, what my intentions are to the producers and directors and everybody, you know, there's like, I have a list of people that I have to send out my um, illustrations through for approval, the process. So, you know, you need to, somebody that can articulate that really well in a drawing form. And Christian does a great job of that. And I feel like, um, you know, we usually, we do pretty well. It, it's a great system. And so, yeah, I mean, when I first started, um, Sudoret was doing um, Starfleet and Klingons, and I was doing Vulcans at the time. Um, and I would say that, that the Klingons, the first set of Klingons are more her than they are me. We facilitated, we made them, we brought them to life. She put them on, a, you know, an illustration. So it's sort of like with Marvel when you get a concept line, you know what I mean? So you get a Marvel, and this is one of the things that Ruth was alluding to at, um, when she won. And I mean, I feel like 
um, a studio will give you a concept drawing and then you bring that to life. And then there's also the, the what she did on, you know, with Marvel is that she, um, they had a Black Panther suit, but she wanted to infuse it with more African symbolism. And so she, um, you know, did another version of it. And that was lucky that they were able to do the two versions. Like I think they had, I think they did more, maybe even three different versions of that suit. But that's the sort of thing that does go on. So there's many different ways of costume designing. And I feel like a lot of Marvel shows and a lot of um, these superhero shows in general, they do have a lot of concept artists that have come on even before costume design comes on. Luckily for me, you know, um, I get to do that part in on Star Trek predominantly ever since, you know, once I took over from Sudoret, it's been predominantly me. Um, and, um, you know, I work very closely with um, uh, the production design team and also uh, prosthetics in coming up with how, with our, with our costumes so that they all work together and it's a cohesive look in the end. So that's kind of really important to me, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty daunting, but it, it is a, uh, um, it, 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 it sort of all gestates from me <laughs> at this point. Can, you know can, you mean? Help I, us, can, can you help us to kind of put it into context? Uh, I'm thinking about the scale of the production. Discovery mm-hmm. is clearly a very big, very expensive show. And mm-hmm. there are a lot more costumes and a lot more prosthetics and a lot more effects in every episode than a lot of mm-hmm. other uh, science fiction that we've seen on TV up until mm-hmm. now. And, mm-hmm. You, you know, you're talking about having worked on projects the size of Black Panther and mm-hmm. and being around these. Is the is the scale of this show? I mean, is this is this essentially doing like feature film work on TV, oh. or how would you typify this? I would say definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're making little mini movies every every ten days. Um, it's a really large scale, and and um, you know the show is extremely ambitious. And I feel like um, we are doing that level of work for sure. You know, I think that, um, you know, obviously more time would be hugely appreciated and, and utilized to the max. But um, we do have, you know, when we're doing bigger bills, luckily they do give us a little bit more and a little bit more ahead of time so that we can prepare um, over more than just the 10 days. Like we may get lucky enough that we'll know something like three episodes ahead or four episodes ahead so we can start working on it you know, a little earlier. And that really helps. Um, you know, even if I haven't actually gotten time to do anything physically on it, it's in my brain. I've started maybe collecting some reference images for it. So I know or, or have an idea of where I might be wanting to start. And that's even, even just that alone helps immensely. So I had a, uh, I had a friend argue um, that discovery costumes, specifically Klingons, but discovery costumes in general were sort of made to thwart cosplayers. Now I doubt that. I don't I mean, think that's true. I think, but, I think, I do think that I remember Brian saying he wanted that he wanted to challenge them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I wouldn't say, I mean, I think, and I, and one of the things I thought was really interesting is when we did go to Vegas, that people were, happy that and, and thanked us for reinvigorating you know the, the lineage and, and bringing these great costumes to them to do so i feel like um as much as people say they're difficult to 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 reproduce some people are able to do it and, and i think that's that's the that's that was brian's goal i'm thinking it's just that to give them something more to do something that they had to like try a little harder you know because i think that um 
some of the, the, the versions of costumes in the past have been simpler. Obviously not things like the Borg or, you know, other, um, I'm going to say Romulans and things like that. But definitely, you know, our Star Trek costume, definitely our disco costume in particular is, is more challenging. But I think that just came about from also necessity of trying to come up with a costume that, that made sense for the time it was in, you know, we wanted something that felt more grounded in reality. And then, but also had these other capacities that it could, you know, these, the, the compression panels or scar life monitoring systems and things like that, that we wanted to add to the costume just to help to give it more functionality. And, and, and um, I think that uh, in the end, it's a really great costume and it's kind of like a great, um, you know, in, when you look at our Enterprise costume especially, I think it's a nice blend of um, Discovery and also um, TOS, like the original series. So then what I wanted to ask you about, between the complexity of, like, the Discovery and then um, you get to do the Enterprise costumes. And you're not doing the exact Enterprise costumes. And I'm kind of wondering, well, first of all, I wonder if there was a temptation to put them in, you know, the Jeffrey Hunter Pike, just because that's what people might have expected. And then what is it like to take costumes that are so iconic and, and put your spin on them? Because you see the costumes on Discovery, that number one's wearing, that Pike's wearing uh, when he first appears. And there is absolutely no doubt what they are. And at the same time, there is no doubt that you have made those co- well, not you personally, because I know you personally, but there's no doubt that somebody has made those costumes and they are what they were, and yet they are something completely different. Yeah, I think, and I think that was the goal. You know, I think it's, it, there, there, there was an update needed, in my personal opinion. And I feel like um, because we went on the journey of creating the disco costume, as, as, as the base of a Starfleet costume, it was really, for me, I thought that, that this new Enterprise costume had to somehow relate to that costume. And I really liked the way, once I started thinking about it, I was like, oh, well, if you put that black collar on, it's almost going to really, you know, it's going to give a nice callback to TOS with the V you know, the V, the mock neck. And I thought, oh, that could be really cool. So when we started playing with it, and by the way, when we did the original Discovery costumes, we did actually do three colors. That's how we started. And the colors, I think the um, the blue and the gold that we now have are some of the, one of the iterations that we started with. So somewhere along the line, we did actually look at those exact same colors. And so um, I already had that groundwork in my pocket. So that was kind of a really lucky thing that we had had. It was just the red was a lot different that we were playing with back then. So um, I, 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 when, I, when I started the journey and when they said, oh, you're going to do Enterprise costumes, that was the first thing I was like, oh, well, we sort of did this. Let's look at what we did then and, and see how we can um, bring that costume into what we need it to be now. And I think that... Um, you know, I, I feel like it worked really well. I was really happy, definitely daunted with the task and, 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 and a little, you know, worried about how people would, review, would take what we've, we've done, what we've done. But I feel like it's sort of like the best of what we had to play with at the time. You know, the idea of using the disco costume as the Starfleet costume and then um, putting the colors um, of enterprise into that world. And I think bringing those two together, like that mashup is really, it, it worked really well. I'm really, I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, yeah. can you talk to us about that though? I mean, as a, 
as a costumer anyway, just by definition, uh, your role brings a, a certain amount of personal creativity to, uh, to the job. But then you may find if you're working on a, a period film, you've got the, the restrictions of what that period looked like. If you're working on a Marvel film, well, you have the reference of what was already done in comic books or cartoons. Here you have Star Trek, something with a 50-plus year history and, and deeply ingrained design cues. Like you mentioned, the colors are just so deeply ingrained in people's understanding of what Star Trek is. Do you, do you find that there are things that you look at in that history and you think, okay, well, we have to have this, but if I push this too far... Then I'm I'm getting off track. I mean, I'm just wondering yeah. what is that process like? Maybe you and your staff. Uh, yeah, well, we did we did get in touch right away with John um, Sitters. John, <laughs> if you <laughs> see, he sent us like we got uh, a little tiny square of the very original gold collar that Kirk wore, Captain Kirk wore. So we had that sample. We got samples of um, um, the JJ films and. Um, samples of the um uh the replicas that were made of the tos things as well the 2s tos uniforms so we did go back and look at all of those things when we were picking our colors there was a lot of discussions about the three colors when we actually went to um have our colors made we made two golds because we weren't sure which gold it was going to be so we did two golds and color tested two golds even on anson so we went you know we went that far to make sure that we were getting the right colors but everybody was really convinced by the blue they hands down was great blue hands down the red was good just the gold there was this question of and we ended up going with the brighter um gold in the end so you know definitely um we did our research you know we had all the images of everything on the wall and um looked at everything and, um, and, and, and had many discussions about how to approach doing it. And even in, the, in terms of how we took our compression panels and because um, first we had colored compression panels down, down the side of the pants. We had, you know, we tried to use our disco um, metallic on the, on, the, on, the sli- on, the, on, the, on the panels on the side. That was too much. So we ended up going more all in, in you know, all in the same um, color. So that it was just more texture as opposed to um, color different, uh, color contrast, which was really good, I think. So playing with all of those things, like we have many samples. I think there's a rack of samples of all the different iterations that we did do in the end. Um, so I feel like, you know, um, there was a lot of thought and a lot of, um, um, a lot went into coming up with these costumes and making sure that we, were, we did the best version of them we could bring we could produce and I feel like um, we did in the end and I feel like everybody you know Alex and and his team like the colors the samples everything went to them once we chose our fabrics we used our same fabric as disco but we had to get them you know there's a thing called it's called um uh we get a, a dye sample from the from the factory in Switzerland and they send it to us so then we sent those we had them send them to us and also to Alex in 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 LA so they could see the colors and what we were doing and making sure that everybody was on board with it you know it's like zippers we have to match the colors of and um the compression panels are actually printed in la so that's another color thing that we have to make sure that it's it's the right color that goes together with the costume so there's like a lot of different layers that come together to bring that together but i think in the end i'm you know i feel like it worked out really well and and um i think that uh um yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with it. And I think it's it's a really nice update and 
pays the right amount of, of, of homage to the original. Do you know what I mean? I feel like right. for, for, for a 2018 version of a, something that's for, you know, 2259, <laughs> for the year, I can't remember the exact year it's supposed to be for, but you know what I mean? It's sort of like this weird thing that you're always trying to do. So you're trying to take, you know, um, what they did in the 60s for that year and just update it so that today when you look at it, you're saying, yes, that feels real. That feels like that's what would actually be happening. And that's what's really important to me as I try to do this, you know, um, costumes and design the show. It's There's a lot of um, um, sort of like, I feel a lot of responsibility to get it right and to sort of like tell the, the story of what, it should be, you know what I mean? Because you are designing for the future. So there's a really, there's, it's a really interesting um, sort of journey that you have to take and sort of like projecting what that could be, you know, cause um, it's hard and it's, it's, it's complicated and, and, and you just, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a big, a big, a big, a big part of it is trying to figure out what, you know, and anticipate the future. How, it be anything. <laughs> how far down the road do you get before you know whether something has worked? Um, there was one thing that you said um, where you said that uh, you tried two different golds for Anson. Mm. Is that, you know, so we had these two pieces of fabric and we put one over his shoulder over here, one over his shoulder over here, or, or is there another Captain Pike uniform out there that I can buy from somebody someday? That's the question I'm really asking. <laughs> yeah, there's several of them, actually. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. so, I can, so I can get a deal is, I believe, what you just promised me. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I'll have to talk to people, but yeah. No, ever. <laughs> we actually build the whole thing. And not only that, we had to get fabric yardage. I think we had to get 200 because when we order our fabric, we had to get 200 meters dyed because it's a custom dye just made for us. So we had 200 meters of both golds made for us. So that's how committed we are to, to figuring this out. You know, so it's, it, it's definitely a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big task, you know? So is there uh, I, I kind of don't want to go away from Star Trek because we are talking to a Star Trek audience, but I'm really curious. Is there something is there something that you haven't done yet that you want to? I mean, because you're just like, yeah, you know, we designed the, the new future of Star Trek. And yes, I worked on Black Panther. Is there anything like in your head that like, man, if anybody ever puts that on film, I, I want them to put on my costume. Wow, that's a good question. Um, I mean, uh, for a long time, I wanted to do futuristic and now I'm doing that. And, 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 and not just doing it. I mean, because we're doing television, it feels like it, you know, it could be small and, 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 and much, much more limited. But it's actually quite vast and huge. So I feel like um, I've definitely done a pretty good job of, I've definitely been able, I've definitely had that, ex I'm having that experience, I should say. Um, things I want to do, I mean, there are a few early, like um, uh, 20th century things, or sorry, uh, 19th century things that I was interested in doing. And I, uh, I, I, I still feel like there's another version of the future to do. You know what I mean? There's the earlier future. I mean, I did a pilot called Incorporated that was pretty interesting where it was only 60 years into the future. Um, you know, the superhero thing isn't something I wouldn't mind doing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's many things. I just, you know, you don't, when you read them, you're always like, oh, this is interesting. This could be cool. I'm, I'm looking, you know, the thing I did just before this was Harley and the Davidsons, and I did a mini series starting from, you know, while they were creating their first fight up until, you know, when their company became um, 
pretty substantial in the 30s. So it started in 1908 till uh, 1930. And it wasn't something I thought I wanted to do, but it was awesome doing it, you know. So these are the things you don't know. You just get to go on these amazing journeys with this business. You know, that's part of what we do as filmmakers is, is get to do these things where you're like, I don't know that I'm going to be doing this, but this is what I'm going to do this time. You know, I spent like a year almost doing mid-century with I, where I started with um, James Dean and um, uh, Dennis Stock, the photographer that took the pictures of, of uh, James Dean um, when Eastern Eden came out. It was a Lifetime magazine layout. I did Marilyn Monroe, and then I did um, Miles Davis. So I did this year of, of that, and then I went on to do Harley and the Davidsons at the end of it. So it was kind of like a really interesting year of just doing mid-century um, um, icons that I didn't think I wanted to do them, but here I did them, and I, it was really fascinating. It was really great to research their lives and 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 go through the all go on all of those different journeys. So you know, each project brings to brings with it something different and something exciting, and and um, lots to learn and lots to research and and etc. So you know, the thing about doing Star Trek is it is like unlike no other, I have to say. There's nothing really to relate it to in my career of the past. But, um, you know, it's world building, and I think that world building has a very different um, language for costume designers. And I think that, um, you know, I, it's, I was really happy to see Ruth Carter, one, get nominated, two, win for Black Panther. And I know it's sort of like a dual thing because it has this whole idea of bringing this Black um, this African world to life, but it's actually also world building. And I think that that's something that's not often looked at seriously because it's done for sci-fi or it's done for, you know, Marvel movies. But the, what, the work that we do, the actual work that we do is quite spectacular and it's quite amazing, you know, and I feel like um, these designers, you know, there's quite a few, Gab, um, Alexander Byrne, um, uh, I can't remember everybody's name now, of course, but there are a lot of these these designers who have done epic work um, building these worlds for these different um, sci-fi and different different um, um, types of film that I think is really interesting. I'm really glad. I'm hoping that this means that more people will get recognized and get their get their trophies. <laughs> well, and, and speaking of awards, I'd be remiss if I didn't say congratulations. You, you oh, had thank nominations you. for the uh, Costume Designer Guild Awards mm -hmm. uh, for Star Trek, right? Yeah. Yes. Star Trek, yes. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> I've only gotten nominated for Costume Designers Awards for Star Trek. Last year was my first time, and then this year I got two awards. So, yeah, it's been really nice. I mean, we didn't win, but I feel like um, eventually we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Season two might be the way here. You know, I think that um, we've done some pretty remarkable work for season two as well. And um, I feel a little bit closer to it because it feels more my own. I feel like it, everything is me as opposed to before I was, you know, it was kind of like a little bit of super, a little bit of me and always like this thing about, you know, what do I take ownership of? Whereas this one, I feel like it's a hundred percent my, my work with my team. And I think we've done a great, incredible job. And I'm really excited for everybody to see the full season, just to see everything that we have accomplished. So. Hey, I'm curious, uh, since you design for the future, and that's such an interesting way to look at mm -hmm. it, and, and since this show has such a big scope, uh, you, you have different versions of Starfleet and you have different versions of Aliens. There's so much for you to create, so much for you to build. What can you get away with being off the shelf? I, I'm just curious, because I, I think about this and, and looking at the future of Star Trek, okay, well, Famously in the 60s, whether it's the prop maker or the costume designers, there were things that you can see on screen and go, oh, yeah, they bought that there. 
<laughs> and then pop that into the show. Yeah. I mean, for us, I would say footwear. <laughs> uh, we, do use, we do use footwear off the shelf. Um, and there are some things like some, some pieces of Giorgio that I've pulled from a couple companies that I really like. Um, I call them, you know, that they, I, there's a one company in particular called Garely. I call the Klingon store where I pull <laughs> pieces from there. You know, that, um, some of the pieces that Tyler wore that Mary wore, um, you know, we do do things to them. We augment them and change them a bit. So they never look like exactly like they did on the shelf. So I don't know if people will recognize them. I think that that, that, that company will, and I actually do want to, um, do some uh, shout outs to them eventually. But, um, uh, you know, there's a couple of those things that people would be surprised at. And I think it's, but it's more like small things like accessories. I think for, um, when we did, um, episode, uh, 202, there's definitely a lot there that we probably bought from the shelves. You know, we definitely go through and augment so much that, you know, like I say, it becomes unrecognizable, but there's definitely a lot from the shelves there. And sometimes when we do, um, um, uh, Starfleet in, in, in street clothes. Like we had that one episode last year, I think it was one of seven, the party scene, you know, where we pulled some things off the shelf and that one as well, but not, I mean, it's, it's still like, I feel like I could say easily that we're good, you know, 85 to 90% bills. And from the stuff that we buy, like almost nothing goes on without some form of augmentation. So, but Yeah. <laughs> But we do try to pull from companies that I feel, you know, are doing things that are a bit more futuristic and, and interesting. Like I've said in the past, the past I've used like Lululemon, um, Iris Van Herpen, you know, this designer that I'm kind of in love with and I'm always trying to use for things too. There's a couple other designers that, that produce things that are just a little bit more forward looking that really help us a lot. So. Well, we started with, with starting and I think John, correct me if I'm wrong, our time's coming close to an end. Is that correct? We're, we're getting close. I mean, I, I, I do want to uh, mention the sneaker fetish. Uh, because oh, do it. Do it. Do yeah, it. Yeah, because Gersha just said something about footwear being off the shelf. And, and Ken, you and I have talked about Star Trek sneaker fetish. Um, mm. the, the, this, this is a thing now. We never saw this look. The closest to working out we ever got in TOS was uh, Kirk wearing the red tights and no shirt. And he's just going to go, just going to go throw a guy around in the gym. Sam, I believe, uh, <laughs> who Kirk was going to throw around in the gym. But uh, uh, Discovery, uh, the disco crew, they're in full-on workout mode. Yeah. And uh, they got the cool, much more comfortable-looking boots anyway for the uniform. <laughs> but then we got a lot of uh, sneaker action going on in there. In fact, I believe those sneakers now are very hard to get because yeah. of Discovery. The, uh, the Nike sneakers that we used, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. We've got another, got another um, couple of sneakers coming up. Um, and and workout looks coming up actually. Oh, <laughs> cool! I, I I actually I'm really excited about them because I like the way they turned out. So we had a little bit more time, so we did a little bit more. Um, and um, hopefully they'll still stick as well. I actually think I want to sort of look into doing some kind of a collaboration with with a with a sneaker company, maybe with Nike or something, that we could create a full on you know Star Trek sneaker, which would be really cool, right? I, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to try that out. Maybe Nike, maybe Adidas. Who knows? We'll see. Or some other company. We never know. All right. They're all listening. They're all listening to this. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. So we started with where you got your start. I think I want to add, and this is probably second or third most common question. Somebody comes up to you and says they want to. I mean, like if you, if you were to plot out a path for somebody, 
Mm. Uh, what would your advice be today uh, mm. for anybody who wants to uh, for anybody who wants to to follow? Uh, obviously, not the same path because that one's yours, but who wants to follow a similar path? Um, I think you know it depends on where you are because I think each city has a different a different version of how to get in. Like I know in in in, in LA, it's more about um, going to the um, uh, rental houses and doing your time. You have so many hours that you have to do before you're eligible to become a union member um, or apply for union membership here. So um, in Toronto, we have a slightly different plan. Uh, we're hoping to that somewhere along the line, somewhere is going to start introducing some apprenticeship programs and costumes because I think it's it's really needed. And I'm I'm looking forward to sort of helping helping to spearhead some sort of program to allow um, people to come in on in a, on a, on a in a in a more trajectory, a proper trajectory. I feel like there's a, there's a version of that, like camera and other departments that have training programs that allow people to come through and, and do, and actually work on the film as opposed to a PA where you're not allowed to touch anything, you know what I mean? So this sort of thing. But I think that, you know, um, watching to me, one of the things I remember doing in the very early was watching films, watching a lot of films, um, and doing as much research in terms of, um, you know, the types of films that you want to work on. And I think that, um, um, you know, volunteering isn't a bad route. <laughs> it's what I did. I know a lot of people did it. Non-union, that's how I came up. And I think it's also still very relevant um, today. It is in Toronto. I don't know about um, other cities, but I do know there's a healthy, healthy non-union um, um, world in Toronto that people can come up through and um, we have a, a couple organizations now we have a an organization called CAFCAD which is um, um, a Canadian uh, costume organization that we are using to nurture young talent and bring them up as well we have courses that we give out through this through CAFCAD and also IA now is giving out courses as well for, for up-and-coming um, uh, people that are interested in getting to the business and so there's there's I feel like there's it's it's easier and I feel like the other really great thing about about it today is more people know about it like I was you know not young I started in the business in my 30s so you know I you know I didn't know all up until then that such a thing ex existed like you could actually work in films and people worked on them I didn't I guess I thought it was just all done in Hollywood in this magical place called Hollywood but you know film is made all over the world and and, and it's 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 um, something that a lot more people could be working on and I think it's really um, um, it's really amazing and one of the things I was really um, I loved actually was when I was at the Costume Designers Guild Awards, being in that room full of costume designers and 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 other you know people that are not say costume designers but costume assistants, costume illustrators, supervisors, you know everybody that goes into making making um, our job uh, become a reality. It was just really wonderful to be in that room and just um, see the support that everybody had and 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 um, and. Uh, the uh, the camaraderie between all everybody because it's always felt very competitive, <laughs> but it was just really nice to see a room of everybody supporting everybody, and it was really a, a kind of really awesome thing. And I think that's the most important thing is like seek out you know designers. I have many people sending me emails and asking me how to get in, and I think that's the best thing to do is to seek out designers or supervisors or assistant designers and say, hey, I'm interested. How do I get in? What can I do? And and you know. Everybody has a different way of doing it, and many people can guide you and help. So I think that that's also really important. 
and you know, depending if you don't necessarily want to be a designer, if you want to be an assistant designer, supervisor, there are so many positions within our department, you know what I mean, that, that you know, um, that you can be doing, especially as in the beginning, you know, our crew is like 30 people full time. So it's like a big, it's a pretty big crew. There's lots of positions and lots of things needing. And also there's other things, you know, there's a lot of other skilled artisans that are coming up now that we're working with. We're working with molders. We're working with printers. We're working with um, all these different things that, you know, we, that aren't necessarily traditionally uh, costumers, but we are, they're being more, it's, it's because the, you know, there's so much world building going on and because of the types of shows that are being done, we need all these different artisans and it's really kind of awesome to experience all these different things now. So I feel like it's, it's, it's opening up to be something much bigger and much more interesting, which I think is really cool. So I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> well, next, do, I, what's that? Hey, next time we have you on, uh, it'll be a whole thing about technology because I feel like that, <laughs> that, that is a whole deep, deep talk topic to get into there's so much being done on discovery with 3d printing and and like i said molding and all this other stuff that uh uh, would have just been unthinkable uh years Mm. ago yeah yeah cool thank you (laughs) yeah Ken, uh, can, can we just very quickly, I've, I've got a, a short lightning round, and uh, traditionally, so Gershaw, this will be the last thing here. Uh, we Lightning round, uh, no incorrect answers. It's just off the top of your head, uh, okay. the, the first thing that pops into your mind. Uh, so, Ken, I'll let you uh, kick that off. Uh, sure. Uh, so, one, 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 John? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gershaw, who's your captain? Um, Anson Mont. Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> oh, sure, again, my captain. Oh, my captain. My ca- oh, that question. Wow. Um, ooh, I said Anson. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm going to take that back. Sorry, Anson. I'm going to say Philip Georgia. <laughs> okay. You, you mean uh, uh, Prime uh, Giorgio? Yeah. Or, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Uh, here's the, the situation. Uh, formal event. What is my best bet for a Star Trek costume for formal wear? Ooh. Um, Mary Universe. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wow. All right. Take or, or, or Vulcan. <laughs> okay. Or Vulcan. Yeah. They're, they're very, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very, very, still very proud. <laughs> I don't like this next question, so I'm going to have John ask it, and you'll hear why it would be weird for me to ask this question. Sure. All right. So uh, how can John, how can I get one of those white medical uniforms? <laughs> and you can see why I didn't want to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, that's a good question. We were hoping to be able to get some out to, sell, to be selling pretty soon, but I, I'm not sure that's happening, but we are working on it. I'm just saying it's a good-looking costume. It may not be the yeah. one for formal wear, but it's a good-looking costume. It could be formal, you know. I it could be. Yeah. 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 And be. the uh, final question that we ask everyone during the lightning round, have you ever been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada? No. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, it's okay. a place, and, and, yeah. and the number of people who have told us no, we keep threatening that we're going to run a trip up there one day because they have, a, they have a gigantic original series enterprise in the middle of town, and the town council actually dress members of, uh, of, the, of the Federation Council, okay. yeah. and uh, they apparently have some kind of fan con, and I think we could outnumber them just with the number of people who told us that we haven't, <laughs> haven't been there. Yeah, so a big convention, a bus caravan, we're all going to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada one day. <laughs> Okay, cool. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Gersha, we can't thank you enough for, uh, for coming on and spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. It was fun. 
Hey, so a big thanks to Gersha Phillips for coming on the show. We actually ran a little piece of that video interview on the live Mission Log show. Uh, so if you haven't been checking that out, uh, go over to facebook.com slash mission log pod and, uh, and you can see us banter for about, uh, eight minutes, I guess, but we wanted to release the whole audio to you here today. And, uh, yeah, that does mean that, uh, the regular Mission Log, we're on a little bit of a hiatus, but, uh, but we'll be back. I'll tell you what I'm most excited about. What's that? Uh, the costume she's designing for our audio podcast. Yes, they're going to look so cool. <laughs> they're going to look so sharp. It's a blend of like uh, all the stuff that we've worn before uh, and then, you know, the next version of whatever we do. Well, thank you everybody for listening and uh, we will catch you next time. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network